If you've been following along on my podcast and you know my journey a little bit, you probably know that I love LinkedIn and it's for a good reason because I just wanted to be a bit of a gold rush right now when it comes to B2B space. Um, there's so many unique benefits. For, for one, people are on there to do business. That's the main thing. You know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, people are there for like entertainment and distraction. It's not quite, not quite the same. Two, people are there to consume valuable content. They're content hungry. And three, only 0.5% of people who are active on LinkedIn actually post content. All right. There's a lot of opportunity to get things done and get get a lot of clients. And not to mention, there's there's a lot of people who are doing LinkedIn messaging and sales strategy and taking people off the platform with horrendous strategies. Um, and that segues to my guest, Paul Higgins. He is definitely not that. He is a superstar at leveraging your LinkedIn profile, creating content, taking people off Messenger onto email list and converting them into customers. If that sounds really good to you, then you're going to want to listen to this week's episode. A little bit about my guest, Paul. Paul is the host of the Build, Live, Give podcast. Paul is a business mentor. He's a podcaster, a published author of Build, Live, Give. Um, and he helps coaches and consultants to build online businesses to fund lifestyles. He has 26 years of experience in sales and marketing, leading the marketing strategy for a $700 million business and then dot, dot, dot. I think I can tell you this because you come up in the, in, in for the, we bring this up on the podcast. It was for Coca-Cola. Um, so this guy knows his sales. This guy knows his marketing. And he, he really understands how to take someone who's fledgling along on LinkedIn, not really knowing what to do with his community, build, live, give. And he really spills a lot of secrets. And of course, Paul has a 30-minute on-demand masterclass. I've gone through it myself. It's a it's a really good how-to webinar. Um, so definitely want to go sign up for that because I remember listening to that and I got a few takeaways that have really helped me this last six months on LinkedIn. So definitely want to check that out in the LinkedIn description. Otherwise, enjoy my podcast today with Paul Higgins. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? Why do stories do this? And how can we create stories like this in business? I've been obsessed with figuring these questions out. I've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years, struggling to find an audience I truly wanted to serve. It wasn't until I discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions, except I didn't know where to find these people. I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers, and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up to take action and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Paul, welcome to Storytelling Secrets. Thanks for coming on to the show. Um, I've seen you on LinkedIn quite a bit. I've watched your webinar. I like everything you got. Um, but I would absolutely love if you could tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. I know you've got a killer backstory. Um, I'm really keen to hear it. Yeah, well, firstly, great to be on here, Julian. Really appreciate the opportunity and I'll give you as much value, you and everyone listening, as much value as I can in the next half an hour or so. So look, um, you know, my short backstory was 
I went to university and said I'd never work for the company my, my father worked for. Uh, leaving uni, they threw me a set of keys to do a job for six weeks. It turned into 18 years. And then my uh, specialist said, if you keep continuing to work for that company, work the hours and fly around, you won't see your grandchildren. So I decided to go and run my own business. And that's what I've been doing for the last nine years. Okay, nice. And I remember you had a, a bit of a, a history was with uh, Coca-Cola as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked there for 18 years. Yeah. And then, um, and, and then I think you missed a, a really key part of your story though, Paul. And that was where you were admitted to hospital and you still built your business from the hospital bed. Could you tell my listeners a bit about that experience? Yeah, so a little backstory was uh, when I turned 18, I walked out of a, a doctor's clinic and my mum was there in the mm-hmm. car park and I looked at her, she looked at me and she knew the answer to the test that I'd just got. And the tests were to see if I'd had a condition that all of our family had 50-50 at birth, which is polycystic kidney disease. And it basically outgrows your kidneys. So at that point... I, you know, mum was shattered. I could just see how devastated she was that she'd passed it on, even though she had no say in the matter. Mm. But I knew from that point on, I was going to have kidney failure at some point in my life, but I chose then that I was going to take control of what I could control. So I really went down a path of high performance, uh, high performance in sport, in uh, my home life, in in work. And um, yeah, that was sort of the catalyst that, helped me have a brilliant career. But then in 2011, uh, it caught up to me and I had to, uh, had to leave corporate to look after myself, which led to a series of operations and a series of uh, me being in hospital, running my business from uh, a hospital bed. Yes. And um, it's interesting in those times of crisis, because I listened to your story. Um, is this where you would say you had your pivot point, your turning point in your business when you realized, hey, there's a great opportunity to build one business through LinkedIn, for example. Um, is that, would that be correct? Yeah, look, it, it's yes. In short, yes. I think for me, I'm a long-term planner. Always have, I, I've inherited that from my mum as well, which was great. So I'm always planning three to five years out and thinking, you know, what's possible and then work towards it. And so I knew in 2011, I had to take control and I had to set up something that I could run from a hospital bed. But, you know, it was around 2018 when I had a major uh, operation. I had a kidney removed, which is about the size of a basketball and then that put me on dialysis. So I was on dialysis four times a week for four and a half hours. And it's like, what do you do? So for me, I was running my own uh, consulting business at the yeah. time. And I decided, well, you know what? I can still sell to people all over the world. I can still deliver. And the best platform to do that was LinkedIn. So that's when I really doubled down on, on LinkedIn. Okay. That, yeah. That's the part I just find really inspirational that everyone has no excuse if Paul can do it on hooked up to a dialysis. Um, yeah. Really, really great stuff. So can you tell me a little bit why you love LinkedIn uh, as opposed to other social networks? Yeah. Look, I think I joined LinkedIn. It tells you, but I think it was 2009. So I've always been a connector. Mm-hmm. Now, I love hearing people's stories. I love seeing what the best 
and the skills and strengths that people have got and then connecting it to how they can help others. It's just innate. You know, once again, I inherited that from mum. So I've always been interested in a little black book, you know, collecting people's names where if someone says, hey, I need someone for email copy, yeah. I'm like, you've got to talk to Julian. You know, he's a great guy, lives in South Australia, in, in Australia, etc. So LinkedIn just made my little black book obsolete because all of a sudden there's, a, you know, a potential black book of 700 plus thousand people that you could tap into so yeah um but but i i used it as a collection to get my network up but i hadn't really used it for active selling until uh 2018 yeah yeah so what you're saying is absolutely right um little black book networking it is so important to be that person because not only does it just raise your status but um man, it, it, if you're in the eyes of you can connect one person to the other then um Man, that's that's some serious fame and authority right there. Just so many benefits, it just ticks off. And when did you realize that um, other than say networking and building your little black book that uh, it was a real powerful sales tool with say, not just outbound prospecting, but also with, with content? Yeah, so uh, when, so 2018, kidney out, dialysis, February 2019, my best friend gave me a, a kidney, which he's great. He's climbed to Mount Everest Base Camp. I'm doing really well. So, you know, there was no excuses anymore. So I, I didn't want to ever let people down. So I did a little bit of marketing. Most of it was word of mouth, but I didn't really want to put my foot down because I didn't honestly know what my health was going to be like. But the doctors gave me the green light. So I went and found what I considered one of the best relationship-based LinkedIn people on the planet. So does Tony Robbins, does Jay Abraham. So he's the guy that sits behind the scenes with some of the biggest people. Yep. And I just said, I don't care what it costs me. I just want an hour of your time. Tell me what I need to do to be successful. And obviously you heard my backstory and he said, don't worry about paying. I will give you the, the in, in a, in a circle insights into how to win in LinkedIn. And in short, that was the turning point for me. So I'll, I'll go into what's happened, mm. but the outcome has been, I've had you know, uh, 1.7 million views. I've had 140 new clients in that period up until now. Now run a global community of, of over 70 people just from what I've learned through LinkedIn and how I've helped other people with it. So it's completely changed the trajectory of my, my business. 1.7 million views, 140 clients over, over two years. And or less, it's, it's, it's over less than two years at the moment because yeah. I really didn't start until around June. So it's just over 12 months. Okay. Really amazing numbers. Um, and frankly, I think that's why I, heard, I got onto LinkedIn. I, I saw about it about a year and a half ago. I didn't quite like the direction Facebook was going and just how targeted you can get with LinkedIn and just everyone pretty much tells you, I am your target market. Or I am not your target market. Instead of just seeing a, a profile picture and a very short description, say like on Facebook or something. That's why I jumped on LinkedIn. It's super, super powerful. So let's sort of lift the bonnet. I want to hear what, what what's the nitty gritty? What's that sales machine like that helps you achieve those results? Yeah, look, uh, I call it the three P's. Obviously, Paul had to come up with an acronym of, uh, of 
of uh, peas, yeah. but the first Many one is process. your profile, right? And and you sort of talked about it before. Facebook, it, it it's just really hard to work out what people do. Mm. Whereas LinkedIn, most times it's above your website. So if you know Google and LinkedIn, LinkedIn really know how to play that SEO to get your profile above most searches when someone searches your name or something about you. Yep. Right. And think the last time you had a meeting or you had someone mention someone and you didn't go to their LinkedIn profile, right? It's just become commonplace like zoom is in our lives now with, uh, with COVID. So you've got to have a cracking profile. And, and I think I, um, there's sort of three key elements, but if, if people want to go to BLG download, if you want to go to BLG download.com, I've got, uh, I've got nine killer tips to a profile, but I think the top three uh, first is your header, right? So your header, which is, you know, you've got your little profile pic and then yep. you've got that lovely bit of advertising space. Yep. Let's think about it. That's probably going to get more hits than anything in your business. So you want it to make sure that someone can look at it in two seconds. No. Okay. What do you do? So for me, I always have who you serve. So I serve service-based business owners. So I've got that very clear. Yep. And then in the middle, I have my methodology. So how do I help people? I've got my four steps, unpack the foundations, business model, sales focus, high-performing teams. So people know that that's okay, what I do, what I put together. Yep. And then I've got a great profile pick. So that's the, the, the header. The next is your headline, right? So your headline, every time you're on LinkedIn, if you post, if you comment, that, is tracked everywhere. So one little thing you can do on your surname is you can just put what you are. So I've got Higgins. So I've got Paul Higgins dash mentor. So wherever people see, they know what I do. Okay. Yep. So that's one little tip, but then on your headline, you have your key skill first, right? Cause that shows up first on, especially when people search you. So for me, a high performance mentor. So that's what I do. Yep. And then it's got, I help X, through Y to yeah. achieve Z. Exactly. Right Now you've seen, and everyone's got their own little version of it, mm. but I help one to $10 million business owners through sales and operations systems to achieve profit to fund their lifestyle. Right? So someone can look at that and go, okay, got it. And then the last one is the about. And I think is a great example of about, I won't go into detail, but it's just go have a look at mine. Uh, so Paul Higgins mentoring, or you can go to blgprofile.com yep. and that'll take you straight to my LinkedIn. And, you know, it'll, but I think they're the three killer things that you need to get right on your profile because it is the most important real estate you own at the moment. Okay. Yes. Uh, so we've got headline, we've got the header, sorry, the headline and the about section. And look, I, I'm just going to ask you, cause I know you're, you're the head of build, live, give, you've got your own little community. Have you got maybe a little story of someone changing the headline and then within a week or two, they see results just from, you know, changing a few words? Yeah, definitely. So, so in a moment, I'll talk about the posting component, but okay, for people sure. come into our community yep. and they'll go from obscurity. So maybe 200 views of post to two and a half thousand, right? Overnight. So that's the, so all of a sudden you've got so many more people viewing your profile. And then, yes, we've had great success stories where someone will say, because I'll talk to, to them like we are now, and I'll say, hey, you're brilliant at what you do. You're really good at articulating it. 
But to be honest, your LinkedIn profile sucks, right? It doesn't say anything that you've just told me. So we change it. We drive traffic to that profile by good posting. And then yes, they, they turn into to sales. So, and you know, it's summer immediate sales. So I've had one person that got 9,000 views to his first post and picked a client up in the first week because of those two elements. 9,000. Wow. That's, that's some, I think the most I've ever had was 5,000. I don't know how that happened. All these numbers, like what do they mean? Anything who knows? Um, obviously just people might have viewed it. Um, but the main question is, did it lead to a sale, which is what you're going to talk about now? Yeah. So, so the next, so first peak profile, next yep. is post. Yeah. Right. And you're right. Like views, uh, a little bit like vanity, but to be honest, they're better having them than not having them. Right. Sure. So yeah, look, you know, on average, I get probably between five to, to 10,000 views a post. Mm-hmm. And I've, some people in our community have had 500,000 views to a post, but the most important thing is getting views from your ideal clients. Right. So that's the most important thing. So once again, we've got seven steps to engagement. So we go through a specific format to get you value to your posts. Yeah. And the most important thing on a post is your headline, right? So no different to email. <laughs> you know how to do this. You teach people all the time. But that intriguing headline, which is above the see more and the desktop is what will make a difference between a flick in your feed to someone actually opening and engaging on your post. Yep. So, you know, that's what we really help people uh, work on. Okay. And just out of curiosity, I've seen a lot of people use the styling. Um, I'm not sure what quite it is. It's like a styling sort of font formatter. Yeah. And have you know, have you done some testing? Because I know you're all about numbers and testing. I, I listen to your podcast and you're always coming up with numbers. That's it's really good to come up with instead of just a fact, so instead of just an opinion. Yes. Have you tested, say, one post that has no indentations, no bolding or anything versus um, using the styling features? Look, to be honest, I haven't done the exact same post. So what I've done is tested... Um, both in different formats. So it's not a good, it's not an accurate test. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think regardless if it's bold or not, I think it's more about what the intrigue will trumpet. Absolutely. Okay. And but I think the bold part is probably better with the question. Cause I always think that every post should have a yep. question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably more important to bold that or have an emoji there. So that, stands out Mm -hmm. as a call to action in the post. Okay. Um, If you can remember off the top of your head, can you remember a couple of those really good hooks that you've written that was just, you know, just went viral, for instance? I'd love to maybe hear that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, like LinkedIn Messenger sucks, right? Controversial, yep. Controversial, straight to the point. Yes, I think I got about 45,000 views to, to that post. Uh, others have been, you know, are you a, are you a manual or a digital task guy, task person? Mm. Right. So, yep. and I had A or B in the picture, which one are you? So those type of things uh, really um, shoot off. Um, you know, the, the, you know, like um, a, a guest came on the other day and said that you shouldn't outsource everything. So, you know, I use that as a key headline that, you know, busting the myth that you should outsource everything. So they're the type of things you do. And we treat um, 
train people to do nine different themes of post, but that controversial post as a header is one that works quite well. It works so well. The other week I did, I'm a girlfriend's worst nightmare. Maybe you're the same. And that, that one just seemed to work really well. I don't know why. Um, no, maybe and did, not and did your girlfriend come up with that topic? No, <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> know about it. But, but then, but then what, so what I actually do with Paul is that, uh, I don't know if this is, because a bad habit I used to get into when I was doing email copywriting was that I would just tease and tease and then, then get to the point at the bottom. Um, but my coach Pete was like, if you're doing short form content, you're doing short form email. And especially if it's that Seymour feature, you got to give them a payoff right at the start. You can't just be like, I'll tell you in a second and then just lead them on. So curious to know, is that what kind of what you do as well? You sort of, you hook yeah. them in the attention, then you give them a payoff straight away. Correct. It's 1300 characters, right? Like a lot of people write, start doing it as a blog. I'm like, no, it's like, and you know, really good copy and really good copy has always got a framework. You know, I had someone on the podcast last night that, you know, was trained by John Carlson, you know, John Carlton. Um, yeah. Yeah. John Carlton. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just, you know, and, and they've always got their frameworks. And I think with LinkedIn, it's the same. You've got to have your framework and then you put your content into it, but it's very different to writing a blog. And most people, that's the bit they miss. You know, yes. I'm like people have got two minutes, maybe even less Lucky to write, to. comment, engage in your post. You've got to give it to them straight away. And most importantly, it's got to add value. Like what's this doing in their life? Mm. You know, what, how, what, what value is this giving? So LinkedIn has got four different formats. So text works best. Yep. Then a text and a, uh, then a text and a document. So a PDF where they can actually download a checklist that they can use is next. Then a text and a photo. Now the photo though has to be relevant. Generic photos don't work at all. And then the last one is the video. And the only reason video is that video is considered three seconds for a view. Whereas a post like a text, a view is just a flick through the feed. So you'll get higher engagement on the video, but it tends to get less views. I've noticed that too. Yes. Um, and that's why I've sort of, I've, I've, I've kind of, maybe I'm not getting a full spectrum of your content. I mainly see your text-based content. Do you also create video? Yes. Yeah, so I do videos. I should do more than I, than I do. And uh, yep. I'm, I'm going to do them once a week now, but yes, I do all those four formats I do do and I rotate them around and we use an app called shield yep. app yep. dot AI. And it's like Google analytics for LinkedIn. And it'll just give you, you know, you can go in and look at all your posts. You can look at the different formats it's got, which is performed best. And also over time, how it's performed. And the key thing on posting before we go to the possibilities mm. is that you've, you know, the best results is to trigger the algorithm. Okay. And look, no one hundred percent knows what the algorithm is, but we can track it in shield to get a fairly good indication because we've got so many members and, and so many posts that we analyze and it's roughly, you've got to get 50 likes, 20 comments in the first hour. Okay. So if you can get that, you can see the boost because LinkedIn goes, Hey, this is really good content. So what we'll do now is share it both into your followers because roughly 10% of people ever see your posts. Um, you know, it's a bit like Facebook algorithm, yep. but what we'll also do is share it to the hashtags that you've included as well. 
So that's where you really get it. So uh, that's why we run a community to help get to that 50, 20, but that's mm-hmm. the killer on posting. If you're posting solo, I'll, I'll post solo. I might get, you know, two, two, I think the other day I got 230 views. I did the exact same post in our group and got seven and a half thousand yeah. exact same content just yeah, yeah. using the algorithm. So it's just that you got it. So what you're saying here is that even if you're a great content writer, even if you got the best stuff, it really hits the, the spot with some people. If you don't have that momentum behind it at the very beginning, it just won't get seen. Correct. And if you want to see a great example of the combination of those two, there's a guy called Stephen Lewis. He's based in Sydney, Australia. And Stephen writes brilliant copy. So he's a copywriter. He, he basically... Um, forget his tagline now, but it's basically turning, he, he turns um, traffic into dollars. So, you know, he, he writes a lot of converting web, web, web pages is his key yep. thing, but his LinkedIn content is brilliant. I, I can't wait to read it three times a week, but he also has the algorithm triggered. So those two things combined means that, you know, he's just getting lots and lots of qualified leads. Okay, cool. So we've covered content. Is there another P or another letter yep. to your, to your uh, little um, I, I must admit, I was struggling for this one. It's like, well, what's the third P? <laughs> uh, it's it's a, about outreach. And to me, it's just about the possibilities, right? The possibilities yep. that it brings for you and also your clients. So that's the third P, possibilities. And, and that's all about the fact that you can, I think you've earned the right to tap people on the shoulder, right? You've got a great profile. So when they look at it, when you tap them on the shoulder, you'll be very clear on how you could potentially help them or not. So that makes it easy for them, whether they want to talk to you or not. You give really good content. So you're seen as an expert because they go, Hey, this person really knows. So Julian really knows what he's talking about because he's got great engagement on his post and he's giving value. So, yep, I'm, I'm happy to, to look at that. So then we go through a series of ways that you can reach out to people and there's a manual way and then there's some automation, but we mainly go manual. And what we do is have a pre-engagement sequence. So what are you doing prior to sending the connection? Then using sales navigator to find your ideal clients, you know, the people you can help. And then we send a series of of messages. And uh, in a moment, I'll go through what I think are some of the most important words to use but that's how you um, maximize your, your, because the post will bring you some leads, but it's not always immediate. It's yep. like, you'll tell, like you said, you've been following my content and I didn't even know mm. right until you reached out. But with the outreach, the possibilities, you can, you know, fast track that process. Yes, exactly. Um, there's only so much outbound marketing. So your marketing can do and getting inbound leads. Um, I've, it's a real sometimes thing. And a real mindset shift that I had was that I wasn't actually continually adding more people into my network and getting to a daily habit of adding the right people into my network using sales navigator. And here's the funny thing, Paul, because we were talking about headlines before. And I remember my last headline probably about two months ago was a question like, do you need backend emails or something like that for a copywriter? It was atrocious. As soon as I changed it, I wrote uh, a connection message that was disarmingly humorous. I, it, it got people just interested. And some people were just mes- messaging me saying, oh, by chance, I actually need someone to write emails and then just need a chat. Um, so it's really, really crazy. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. I would love to really hear about um, 
what your version of, you know, getting your foot in the door, so to speak, with say that first connection message, because that's so important when it comes to actually getting onto people's networks or getting into yeah. people's networks. Yeah. And, and just quickly to build on your point there is I think, yeah. you, you know, you're building on LinkedIn's land, right? The old saying, you're building your house on someone else's yeah. land. So what I think you really should do is get them to your email as quick as possible. So, you know, a lot of people mightn't find it humorous. My kids definitely didn't. I've got an yeah. 18 and 16 year old, but I said, you know, look, LinkedIn Messenger is a night is, is a pain in the backside, right? You should get people across your sales CRM as quick as possible. So I just send people to say, you know, I find LinkedIn Message is harder to find than a cho- chocolate, a golden uh, ticket uh, for Willy Wonka. You know, words to that thing. If you're the same, which email would you like me to contact you on, right? Yep. So then you get them on your email so you can actually see the messages and track it through your sales CRM. But then you can also ask them to come on the list because if 3% of people want to buy from you, your list and everyone knows because you do this for a living, your list is so powerful. So then you're actually taking people off someone else's land and bringing them on yours. So that's, I think, a key point. Um, as far as the yep. possibilities, um, there's a couple of key words. So the first one is open. Right. I remember this podcast you spoke about. Yeah. Open is the most powerful word in sales, especially on LinkedIn or we've, and this is what we've tested. You know, I've been selling for 27 years, had some of the best training in the world when I was at Coca-Cola. And to me, you know, it's all about open questions, right? We've all been drained in as it's core sales. People always ask open questions, but I think the word open is really important. So are you open to connect or you are open to connecting? It's just the simplest question and it's giving them permission whether they want. So what they'll do, so they'll go to your profile, they'll go to your posts, then they'll decide whether they want to open. You don't have a, have a long lengthy message, yep. right? Cause people are smart. They can join the dots, right? And if you're completely someone that's not in line with what they want to achieve, they'll work that out and they won't connect. So opens the most important. Then the next one, is what most people do is then talk about themselves, right? And we've all heard this before, but it's so often I'll get messages saying, you know, uh, this is who I am. This is what I do. Would you like some help? I'm yeah. like, we're swamped with that right now. Correct. Everyone knows them. So I just asked a simple question. What is your key focus at the moment? I asked that question too. Great. Well, uh, you're a much better copywriter than me. So, <laughs> so but, but, you know, that is, it just disarms people you know, then they come back and, and, and tell you what, what is really their key focus at the moment. And then from there you can carry on the conversation. So I think that's the other one with, so with outreach, I think the other one is the bridge, right? So the bridge is everyone knows it's uncomfortable on how do you take someone from what's your focus into a sales call when you know you can yeah. help them. Million right? dollar question. Everyone Spot wants on. to know this. What is the bridge, right? So I've found the best bridge is to give someone value, right? And along the way we give value, but the way that I give value and what we're doing now is through podcasting, right? I want to give someone an asset that they can go and get more clients with, right? I also want to give people the opportunity to um, give value back, give some wisdom, some value back. So I say, you know, would you be open to see if you qualify to be a guest to my podcast? 
right? Most people love being on a podcast, love people, people sharing it. So then when I do that, then I can actually have a sales conversation with them and it doesn't feel icky. And when I say a sales conversation, I'm just trying to work out exactly what they're trying to achieve, um, how I can help them. So that connection in the network I spoke about before, I can, yep. you know, it doesn't have to be me, it can be other people, but that's my bridge. I've got other people that do a magazine, I've got other people that have a masterclass, maybe a quiz, yep. but you need to have something to break that ice yep. to get into a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying it's, you need a platform in a sense to um, make them take, take away this feeling. Well, first off, you said a brilliant point when you said, I want you to qu- see if you're qualified to come onto my podcast. So they got to secretly fight to get onto your podcast, which is a good positioning tool right there. Um, but it, it just seems like as soon as someone's given an honor to get onto something, then it makes, it just makes a lot easier. Wouldn't you say? And so yeah. on these, so are you in a sense getting them onto your podcast? Cause I sometimes do this as well with the ideal client. Um, great seeker right there. Um, you're just building the rapport with them on the podcast. And then it's either probably after I'm going to imagine you've built the relationship. That's where the conversation starts. Yeah, correct. And, and to me, I always want, um, to ask permission. So, so the, the permission, the permission for me is actually adding value. Right. And like I said, you don't have to make it dead obvious. Like people will know if you've asked good questions, you've got a good background mm-hmm. from what they've researched on you. They'll know whether that turns into a call. And for me, you know, for my pod, my uh, podcast is giving value, but I do convert, well, my target is to convert about 25% of the guests into clients, whether they're clients of mine or whether they're clients of people in my network that I know can add value and solve a problem for them. But that's the rough rule of thumb. Okay. And how do they qualify to get onto your podcast? Yeah. So they, they um, need to be an expert. So that's one key thing. So are they an expert that can deliver value to my community? Mm -hmm. So that's the first, you know, that's one criteria or the other one is they need to have a high performing business, you know, that sort of one to $10 million range, be a service-based business and have the right value set and the willingness to share what's made them successful to get to that point. Okay. All really good points. Very, and you've got very clear targets as well. Like one to 10 million want to be able to give the secrets, not like a scarcity mentality. Um, all really good points. And, um, okay. Well, we've got, is, so you've answered that's, that's basically how you're answering. Um, your, you've got on the little notes here, how to gain three to five clients a month on LinkedIn. That's your strategy, right? You've got your personal, you got your foot in the door. You use what's your key focus right now. And then if it's actually right, we're going to bridge to a platform of some kind of kind, whether it's a podcast, an ebook, magazine, something like that. Is that right, yeah. Paul? Yeah, look, great, great summary. And, and what we do is we give you everything so that you can do it yourself. Like there's some great companies out there that do um, LinkedIn outreach, et cetera. I've used some of them. They're quite expensive because that's their business, right? So their business is the more people that they provide services to the more money they make. So sometimes not all, but sometimes they make, I think a decision where it's their money comes before the result of the client. Right. So, so I think that's one thing, but the other thing is that, you know, a lot of clients that I work with do want to write their own content and do want their VA or their team to be in control of it. I'm like, well, I'll give you everything you need. 
I'll give you everything you need and then you can um, do it rather than just completely giving it to someone else. Cause giving it to someone else I think is a great option. But for me personally, I found about 90% of the people are unqualified. So yes, you get mm. lots of leads, but you don't get a lot of converted sales. And the yeah. way, the reason we say three to five clients a month is because that what we want. We want uh, you yeah. to be giving value to someone else rather than just getting a lead that, you know, really doesn't drive a lot of value. Yeah. And, and like you just said, all, all the, that's a huge opportunity cost. If you're just chasing up a whole bunch of dead end leads, not the best thing. And um, okay. I know this might be the outside of the scope of this podcast, but uh, you did say um, get them onto your email list as quickly as possible. Yes. I know. Uh, can we kind of go down that road a little bit? I'm yeah, really wherever interested. you want to take it. Yeah. 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 You know Be- your audience much better than I do. So because um, obviously uh, we've all had the message where it's blatant copy paste. Hey, you should uh, get my freebie. You should join up with my Facebook or my, I haven't even started a conversation here. Um, so what does that bridging look like when you're in? So is it in between? Is it before the podcast um, where you're asking, okay, can we continue this conversation onto email? And the reason why I'm asking is because one of the reasons why I love LinkedIn Messenger is just the voice note. Most people aren't aware you can do it. They all, they're, they're wowed and shocked when they get one. Um, and I know you're talking about, you've got um, video follow-ups with, with some of your emails that, you, that you, you talk about in your podcast. So I'm guessing that's what you're substituting with. But yeah, I'd love to hear sort of the strategy behind getting them onto the list and then what's the communication media like? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so if you look at, so, so someone's seen my post, right? We're in a conversation and we're about to have a sales call, right? So um, always, you know, seek permission to get on the list, but there's a nurture sequence. So, you know, the nurture sequence is what they'll go through. And that once yep. again, that's always adding my best content, my best value to them, but it's also helping to better understand them. So, that's, that's one part. Mm-hmm. But then the other is that we, we, I use videos. So I use a platform called dub mm-hmm. So if you just go to buildlivegive.com forward slash dub, you can um, see it there, but that's where I, I use a lot of video rather than text emails. So that's where, you know, I'll say, look, you know, we're about to have a meeting coming up. These are the things we'll go through on the meeting or, you know, thanks. I've got some of your replies to the nurture sequence emails. This is, you know, thanks for that. This is something that I do now. Here's a bit of a resource. So I'm adding value before they get on the call. So that's, I think that email is fantastic. Now I think LinkedIn messenger is, is good because it's got, both of those features, the voice and also the video, but it's yep. just harder to track personally. That's true. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and people are in their email box a lot more than they are their, their LinkedIn box as a general rule. So that's, mm. that's the other thing. So, uh, so there's definitely that. The other thing that we do is use a scheduler tool. So I look, uh, I use book like a boss. That's a new and, one. All right. um, you can use Calendly. There's book like a yeah. boss, you know, acuity. There's quite a few, but in there, when you're going to have a, the call, you have your pre-qualification questions in the call. Yeah. And I think the big three is, you know, what, what's your revenue? What's, what's your turnover? Uh, have you got a budget to invest in your growth? And is this a, an immediate or a la- later thing? I think those are sort of three critical questions. 
so that you're respectful of the person's time because whether you can add value to them, but also you're respectful of your own time. Yeah. Okay. Well, really good point. So we've got, so Paul uses dub as a media video to sort of make people aware of the agenda before the call. So that, and he's also giving value throughout the sequence and stuff. He uses book like a boss to, as his booking tool. Um, and he makes, sh- he makes sure that in those questions that we we're going to qualify them by asking what's your turnover like, how much money are you making? Are you willing to invest in say your development? And is it now or later? So all pretty much tie kicker qualification questions. Brilliant. Paul, we've had a really good conversation here. Is there anything else you'd like to add um, before we sign off? I'm more than welcome for you to, you know, pitch whatever it is, uh, build a give uh, on LinkedIn for you to follow. I'd love for you to, yeah, give you a little bit of a spiel. Yeah, look, I think if, you know, if you're B2B services at the moment, I do think LinkedIn is a bit of a, a gold rush, okay? It, it's, it's definitely worth investigating. So whether it's, you know, someone you know, someone in your peer group, however, just get some support to get it because, you know, for me, it's completely changed my life and for the people in our community, it's completely changed their life. And in COVID times at the moment, okay, there is the opportunity to have clients all over the world. So if I relied on Melbourne, Australia as my key client base only at the moment, we're in stage four lockdown and no one's spending money, my business would be under severe risk. Whereas I'm selling to people all over the world and I'm getting more clients than I ever have in these COVID times. So I think that's the great opportunity for you. If you want to learn how we do it and go through the three P's and give you as much as possible that you can do yourself or you can choose to join our community, you can just go to blgclick.com and there's a 30-minute on-demand masterclass that you can watch that I give you as much value as I can and, as I said, an option whether we can help you or not. Paul, been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks very much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. All right. Thanks for having me on, Julian. And thanks for everyone for, uh, for watching uh, me uh, right through. No problem. Okay. That is a wrap for this week's episode of Storytelling Secrets. This week has been a bit of a theme on LinkedIn. And of course, if you want to grab Paul's masterclass, 30 minutes, action-packed, very how-to, very actionable, you can find it in the description below. It's at the letters B-L-G at click.com. So the letters B-L-G-C-L-I-C-K dot com. And that's how you can find his masterclass. All right. So we're going to have a bit of a break from LinkedIn next week. Um, and I'm going to bring on, I think next week's theme is going to be something really interesting. People have been enjoying and that's more about the, the mindset sort of side of business. Um, I've had a lot of breakthroughs myself with uh, working on mindset. Uh, it, it's not an airy-fairy thing. I can personally attest that uh, working on my mindset this year has been the biggest game changer in my business. And one of the things that has been the biggest game changer is uh, getting over my own imposter syndrome, the self uh, poor self-image without me even knowing it, and some insecurities I had about, say, working with clients, not feeling adequate. And my guest, Jamin Fraser, he is uh, pretty much an insecurity expert, coach, author, it's Peroni's new book, Unhindered, 
Um, and we're going to be chatting about that next week. It's going to be a really enlightening episode. Um, I don't just get him to go through the seven the seven uh, principles in his book. I, I, I literally go through it selfishly like I would to make sure that I get the answers that you want. All right. So that's next week on Thursday. Um, hope you tune into them and Monday's episode for the solo show. Otherwise, thanks a lot for tuning into Storytelling Secrets. I'm Jules Dan, your host, and have a great weekend. See you later.